One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana The host asked me if I had a nickname Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King She said on the air I started giggling Hasn't had me back but now I've got this podcast Welcome to my podcast Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Charles Ellsworth, and you're listening to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. If you're not familiar with me, that's all right. You're definitely not the only one. I'm a songwriter first, musician second, somewhere down the line filmmaker. Pretty much I just like to tell stories. Some people have called me a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and I'm definitely semi-professional at everything I do. Nothing single-handedly makes me a living, but it all adds up to getting by. All right, well, welcome to the Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. Uh, this is your host, Chuck, Charles, Wildcat, whatever you call me. I got my buddy Casey Kawaguchi on here. And uh, Casey, you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm Casey Kawaguchi, uh, artist living in Denver, Colorado. I'm half Japanese. I paint... Um, large-scale murals with spray paint um, that kind of revolve around a central character that's represents my own like Japanese heritage and uh, is very like samurai influenced and that's my um, part of my heritage as well or part of my ancestry and yeah that's what I do for a living and I'm also an old roommate of yours, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. I don't know how else to describe myself, but yeah. I, I wanted to talk about, kind of start from the beginning and be like, you know, what was it like growing up? Where, where exactly? You're from Utah, yeah. um, originally. Yep. And you know, where, where in Utah exactly did you grow up? Um, I'm from like northern Utah. It's, you know, just north of Salt Lake City, in between Ogden and Salt Lake City, um, pretty close to the Antelope Island that's, like, in the middle of the Great Salt Lake. Uh, there's a road that okay. goes directly out to that uh, island, and, yeah, my, my family's you know, from like my Japanese side of my family is from right in that area. I mean, in the U.S., that's like, you know, my great grandfather settled there and bought a farm um, and helped other Japanese families in that time, like, you know, move to uh, the States and work on his farm and, you know, kind of built a uh, help build a Japanese community like in that area and all of my family for the most part is still like right there they're, they're not farming anymore but you know in the same area and yeah that's that's where I'm from all my families you know pretty much still right in that area well and um you know growing up yeah how many you, you have a big family I know you have some brothers and sisters yeah I have um uh, three siblings like two sisters one younger one older and one older brother so I'm right in the middle um 
And then, you know, my my parents were divorced when I was young and, and have both remarried. And so I have like a lot of step siblings and, um, you know, extended family. But my Japanese side of my family is pretty big. You know, like my, my dad had a lot of siblings in his family and um, I have like, you know, a lot of cousins and um, I had a pretty big family like uh, on my Japanese side that I grew up around, like a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles. And so the most of my family, you know, that I was around as a kid was all, um, well, I shouldn't say all, but for the most part, all of our gatherings and stuff is a lot, was my Japanese side. Okay. And, and did, were you ever LDS or, or Mormon or did you just grow up around it in Utah? Um, yeah, I, I was like my dad, um, my dad, his side of the family was all, all Buddhist. Yeah, that, yeah, I had a LDS influence in my, in my family for sure growing up in Utah. Um, not very strong when I was a kid, like I didn't grow up as a little kid with any sort of like religious influence at all in my family. Um, not on the like Buddhist, okay. you know, my mom didn't have any sort of still any sort of like, she doesn't go to church, never did, um, never. And, and is really, yeah, didn't, didn't really, uh, we didn't have much of an influence in my family early on at all like but then later on when my parents separated realized my dad was mormon and had be like been baptized when he was in high school i think so it was something that he he wasn't like okay. practicing like when i was young to that I, I didn't even know that you know he was mormon or i had no really uh, an awareness of the church really or any of that stuff around me, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's just interesting because, you know, Utah can be, it's just like the first thing that most people outside of Utah hear about when they, or think about when they hear like, Oh, yeah. you grew up in Utah. And, uh, so it's, it's just like kind of a useful thing to touch on because most people, even if they don't, live there that's what they Absolutely. assume but i kind of wanted to talk about um you know more just specifically like art when you were a kid i know your brother was a big influence of of yours because he was a great artist and you want to talk about you know your relationship with him and and with drawing and how that kind of developed yeah um so when i was like pretty much as young as i can remember my brother was good at drawing and like I had that and he's four years older than I am um, so not a lot older than I am but mm -hmm. I looked up to him with with art for sure like er, early on and kind of always had in my like I think that's where I got my real understanding of like what you could do you know if you really try it, like mm -hmm. 
and to think I could even like to even see the bar that I to reach for, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, totally. To see like a, a level of quality that you were like that you hadn't seen before, you didn't know, like you you knew who created. Yeah, yeah, it right. And like, just I guess even having that possibility, like, um, you know, because I can't imagine being as influenced to do that kind of a thing if I didn't have that example early on like my mom was creative and in her own different ways and I think could if she really tried has like a could probably draw really well and stuff if she really tried I think her and my dad both could probably be good artists but um but yeah my brother was uh, my main influence like early on to in a competitive way also I had like a like I was going to be better than he was you know in my mind early on oh yeah that's the I mean that's that that typical sibling yeah. rivalry uh well and can you like besides your brother remember like a time like um you know like for me there, there's there's specific points in time or like songs that I remember hearing on the radio that like were, it was just like, Oh wow. Like that, you know, kind of like hit me harder or differently than, uh, you know, as the kids say hit different than, than, um, than, you know, whatever you, the, all the other stuff you would just hear is, was there any art or anyone specific like teachers that kind of really influenced, um, your art early on i would say yeah like maybe not in the same way that you're talking of like um seeing art and being very influenced by it but early early on it was like my first grade teacher that um i think really supported me in that setting like in school where like where you're kind of compared to other kids and in, in little ways you know it's like where you're mm -hmm. starting to kind of see how you're individual and like different things I guess that's where I started to recognize early on just being in school that I had that skill you know when people uh -huh, would see yeah. it like in school whether it's teachers or other kids or or whatever that I was good at it like compared to other kids you know and I think early on my first grade teacher my mom really has like a strong memory of this teacher and having a conversation with my mom and letting her know of like just not only as an like specifically withdrawing or but just how I was as an artist and how I worked and stuff like that mm -hmm. that she kind of understood like was an artist herself and understood and supported it and had a conversation with my mom early on that I think was influential to my mom just being supportive of how I worked, you know? And so, so did that change kind of how your, your mom was around? You no, or? I don't think so. I think, I think, cause I, I'm sure she would have been supportive regardless. It's like, not like it really changed anything in her, but it just backed up early on right off the bat with my first teachers, like that it was just backed up her, I'm sure feeling that, I was just different than like how a lot of other kids were not to, and, and that was okay. So 
that kind of went on through all of my school, you know, my schooling and stuff of mm -hmm. like having to try to be understanding because I didn't do well in school really. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So I would say that's like the first, you know, I have other like early influences in school that I think really stuck with me of like pushing me into mm -hmm. um, believing in my, you know, my art or my just sort of tendency to want to create, you know? Yeah, totally. And like, do you remember like how old you were or where you like, like did when it hit you that you could possibly like draw for a living or you could, you know, be an artist and that, that, that would be a possibility. Was that early on or did that take a long time? Cause like I've known you from the day I met you, you were Casey Kawaguchi, the artist, <laughs> you know, neither one of us had seen much success of any kind at that point, but like I knew you as an artist, yeah. but did you like, when did you realize that was something you could do? And did that make the whole, like not doing well in school, not really matter to you? Cause you're like, well, I'm just going to, um no i'd say um it's hard to pinpoint like a time when i was like whoa like i could do this for a living it wasn't for me it wasn't really exactly like that it was more like i had thought my i thought i had to have like a formula for how i was going to figure that out you know and how i was gonna make that happen and but almost like I was needing someone to show me or I needed to, I had no roadmap for that possibility and so I think I uh -huh. because of that I and this is over a long time of realizing that that I like it it was destructive for me like I I was not totally, doing what I'm yeah. what I was meant to be doing so uh, there's like a lot that came with with that where I was like unhappy and you know things would build up and I'm like ha eventually basically hit a point where I just had to my my thinking changed in why in why I was doing it almost and like or in my motivation that I was gonna just do it be, be doing artwork for the rest of my life and to just pursue it full on and uh, everything else it was just gonna like it didn't not that it didn't matter but i had no other choice like it mm -hmm. I, I didn't have to try to figure it out i couldn't tr try to figure it out i just had to go and then and that's what's happened is things have kind of fallen into place after that after just sort of like accepting this is what i am what i'm meant to do and do it and like face whatever fears that was in in just doing that and figuring out as i go and so at a certain point in there i've started to i did reach like a kind of turning point where i'd say i really started to see that i could make a living doing it and um, support myself with my art, but 
yeah, it's hard to pinpoint when exactly that is, but I'd say the turning point was when I sort of yeah. just accepted this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, and that the, the money became secondary of like figuring out how it was going to come back to me. And, and that, that that was like secondary, you know? No, totally. Cause that, that's, it's like, uh, I've heard it said before from other musicians and other artists, and I've probably said it before, but it's like, if you're able to do anything else, do that. Mm. But at a certain point, I was playing guitar in my room for hours a day for like years on end and finally was like, dude, you're going to be doing this forever. Why not? So just keep doing it. And then, you know, you can hold a shitty job or whatever until, you know, to pay the bills as you yeah. get by. But like, you know, and it's kind of, it's like much easier to eat shit at a job you don't like when you're like, I mean, this is, this is temporary. This doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's for a greater like uh, purpose. And that's like kind of something I always saw in you. Cause like I, like I said before, we, you know, we, you and I haven't really talked a whole lot you know, in, in the past few years, just from distance, you know, you live in Denver now and I'm in Brooklyn. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing but love, but it's like, when I met you, um, you, you were like an artist, uh, you were living up in that, in the loft with, uh, Skylar and David, it, what, what, the collective, that's what you guys call yeah, it. Yeah. It was, uh, the collective loft was, a uh, collective after. loft. Yeah. That was like above the, Above the Betas, um, right? Yeah, it was a Mexican restaurant. I can't remember what that was called. It wasn't a Betos, but it was uh, oh, it no, wasn't something else. It was like a little family-owned restaurant. Just before you and I met, which would have probably been like 2010. So it's been about yeah. 10 years, maybe 2011. And um, and like you, you had done some of those time-lapse um sharpie videos to songs of different artists that had been getting some some like pretty cool movement or like traction on youtube yeah, yeah. and and then when we all moved into that house in downtown salt lake together you kind of went full stop into spray painting in the backyard um like what was that transition like and like what what inspired that was it something you had always wanted to do um, cause I feel like I just, I met you right at this like really interesting turning point. Yeah, I think so. I think like that, just the timing of a lot of things there, I was like, um, it was a lot of like inspirations and stuff like coming together. And, um, you know, I, I think when you met me and we were doing those videos, that was the first real, like putting my work out there. You know, like I didn't start doing gallery shows really kind of with like that space that we had where you met me um, and that place, you know, we, it was the building that we lived in um, right across the hall. And then we opened up the uh, it was an insurance office and we got uh, the space, got the lease on it, Skyler did. And then um, we kind of a lot of us friends came together with the idea of making like a venue for a local gallery and uh, small shows like acoustic shows and stuff, which is how we met you. But those, um, 
videos that we started doing in that in that apartment right across the hall were like my first you know i still kind of thought i need to go back to doing some of that some videos and stuff and putting them on youtube because of the attention i got way back then but those were getting you know yeah all you know in in france for whatever reason a lot of attention in in france and then uh getting a hold of like you know common market was one of the groups that i did with the sharpie and then they ended up purchasing the piece and as far as i know it's hanging in their living room now but um yeah like big stuff like that led to one like really inspiring me for what was possible that i didn't realize of like being able to get my work out there and then getting just positive response back and then i was also because of those videos Mm -hmm. it kind of forced me to working at a certain like speed for these projects and then also like to to where i had to finish it you know like there was the pressure of the camera and like that to like forcing me from start to start it and to finish it and up until that point that was kind of a thing with me all through school and where i didn't finish projects like pieces and Mm -hmm. majority of my work up until then was either like just unfinished sketches or like if it was a big piece at all it it wasn't finished it's like i would stop at a something would stop me at a certain point and i just wasn't finishing artwork at that time and then that sort of forced me to like have a different motivation or a different like work ethic towards my paintings and also mm-hmm. making me work like on the wall, you know? Yeah, totally. When that's, that's, I, I love that you brought that up because that's something that's so common for a lot of artists is like that inability to, to finish that thing or, or like, cause um, I, I mean, I've got, I've got a music video sitting on a hard drive that I shot two years ago that I just like can't finish yeah. editing, you know, like I, I, I can totally relate to that. And I've been that way on and off my whole life. I remember you, like, if you weren't at work, you were in the backyard spray painting, if the weather allowed up in your room, working on something or, you know, middle of the night out, maybe tagging some stuff, yeah. maybe not. um like um you you were just all like you were all in and and I think that's part of what's led to your your success I mean obviously you're immensely talented but like you've got this tenacity where it's just like that's like that's just what you do and I and I um I don't know I, I guess like can you speak to that a bit about how it is now for you to get projects done or do you know, the type of work. Yeah. Um, um, uh, well, I think it kind of, it, it's kind of connected to the, the last uh, question is, I think that's when my, like, when I was talking about before, when I had that sort of shift and, you know, how I was going to do it and make it become uh, what I did for a living and that became secondary, that I think, that's, I had a real turning point of where I just, I realized that 
I guess my perspective on what I was inspired by in other people became their their mm-hmm. dedication and their their life, you know, like not their work, their art. And that was inspiring. That was what started me, you know, it's like the the kind of like the the little like signal or whatever, I don't know what the best word is, but that draws you to the actual source, which is in ter- inside that person, you know? And then yeah, that's where totally. it's coming from. And that's where I had a shift in like perspective of what I was being inspired by. And it was someone's just nonstop dedication to that path and their craft. And like, I had the realization with that, that if I did that, and didn't worry about it. You just just follow that fully. That no matter what, over time, you like the idea of like success on like whatever ways you like with money and whatever. All of that do, is secondary to the real value. You know, the real dedication of what even gets you any of that money or attention is like for real, like inspiration. You know, and dedication to something that's beyond money and beyond the attention and beyond, you know what I mean? And so I had a shift in that where I just really was like that, all of that stuff, if I do want it will come if I, but you got to just, it was like a getting real with myself on that. I wanted to create that, not the art and the paintings I was painting and which took my focus away from caring so much about each piece and like, and I and just like that, this was going to be one of a million. And I just had to it, it, don't get caught up on each piece. It was about this nonstop practice, you know. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, oh, that's that's really really. There's actually like this Buddhist. Um, I I read it in a Joseph Campbell book, but I know it's like a Buddhist proverb or something. That's like to the work alone are you entitled never to its fruits like all you can control is just doing the work like you don't deserve anything so like and for me that's like in a lot of ways especially as i the past couple years since i first read that has also turned into um like choose work that that is that is the fruit you know like like why i mean writing and playing music is like one of my favorite things to do as like an, a human being so why not make that yeah, the work exactly because the the money and the fame and all that stuff is secondary it's interesting you know you, a lot of your family was buddhist yeah that's... yeah and i didn't actually get that influence as a kid like or really ever so so far in my life from my family like because it was cut off mm-hmm. by my dad also kind of like or at least it wasn't anything that was like besides my my uncles and aunts and stuff and Japanese gatherings that we would have that were obviously like connected to Buddhism I didn't know it I didn't have any like understanding of that or teaching of that when I was young but I do feel it like just through my own you know experience in life I feel like my own view of the world and of reality and stuff is very connected to a lot of those 
understandings, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, neither one of us need need to like appropriate or claim anything because I, I mean, I like I said, I read it in a Joseph Campbell book, but you know, when you get deep, when you get that into those things, I guess it's not it. It doesn't uh, come from any of those things. It is a human, you know, experience, I guess, or like all those things is very it's just wisdom. Maybe it was even. Oh man. I don't know where I've heard this probably on Pete Holmes podcast, but like, if you're gonna, it's like, if you're trying to get to water, you, you're better off digging one six foot well instead of six one foot wells. And like what, what the person I heard say that was referring to was like, if the water is, is this, you know, is God or, or whatever this like enlightenment or, or, um, you know that all these re- relation or all these religions are reaching for trying to trying to get to like it's all going for the same thing the water that it's reaching for is the same yeah. you totally. know does that make sense yeah it's like all all sign all uh, religions or you know it's all like different signs in different languages you know or different but they're all pointing to that same thing and we are fixated on the sign but it's what it's like pointing at you know yeah, totally. And that that's, um, I feel like when we lived together, I may have at some point even made, made a comment. Like someone's like, who's Casey? I'm like, oh, he's the Zen Buddhist <laughs> that lives upstairs. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like you're, it's just like, and that was not a, hopefully not a distasteful no, like no. Japanese joke. It's just that you've always had this very like that. That's just always kind of how I felt about you. Um, and it, it's been, it's kind of your demeanor as well as your work ethic are, are inspiring because you, a lot of times, especially in America, um, we see like the, the, that kind of work ethic is tied to like sports or like wall street or, yeah. you know, like it's like money and, or, or like muscles or, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I think there's something really important in that work ethic and, and in, you know, finding work that uh-huh. is the fruit um, but it doesn't all have to be, you know, the Tom Brady and yeah. Jeff Bezos, you know, it doesn't have to be, it's not capitalism. It's like the, the money is what, I mean, not to say money is bad or whatever money is mm-hmm. money, but that's what so often ruins it in right. my, in my opinion, when it's really just about living your life in a way that's like. I don't know, to, that's pursuing some form of quality through practice. Yeah, I kind of feel feel like that. It's like art, it's directly related to like, you know, the uh, somewhat of a spiritual connection through your imagination and you know what I mean? Or, or like art is a expression of those things. So it's has that kind of direct connection to having that sort of a approach to practicing that thing of it being like exactly that of like an expression of your soul or that they connect. But I think that in the way that you're talking and it can be like in the competitive aspect, it's like with sports uh, expressed there and often like uh, usually in that kind of a setting that I think 
like anything that you do it's all it's in the approach of like what how you see that thing that you're doing and can be zen or like it can be your way to your center you know through practicing that thing because you can do anything with the attempt to do it perfectly but you never can do it perfectly you know really yeah so it's just any anything uh like with art and with music you can also give another layer of like in the language of that thing express that soul and that spirit and that practice of trying to reach that center which is like your own well you know you're trying to get deeper in that well and like to collect more pure water you know from your own well or that like yeah yeah any anything can be be that thing and i think in the practice of it that that becomes for me a big part of the art you know is the extent that someone is dedicated to Mm -hmm. that um that thing whatever whatever it is you can really feel it through the dedication it's like it's kind of like we all have um our imagination and like we know that it's a common thing that we all share but you can't see it like if we didn't have art and music and stuff like that's also what those things are is like symbols for that that invisible world that exists and is like the source for all of our exterior world you know like uh, all the things we create oh totally so i'm gonna easily get off topic and get abstract here with these conversations no and i think that's a great idea i i love taking it abstract because because um i mean part of what like my goal with this podcast is to like and you know and like earlier not that i'm talking shit about sports or or money if that's your thing that's your thing because it's about that center it's about that water that you're trying to reach and i think for so many people or like two things like one thing that came to mind what you were just saying is like the artist's life is just as much a piece of art as anything they ever create and and i think that's like something you and I have always really connected on. Cause when we met, it was like, yeah, we're both broke as fuck and we're probably going to continue to be broke as yeah. fuck forever because like we've both decided that this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And usually that doesn't mean a whole lot yeah. of money. Um, but here we are 10 years later and it's like, I'm, I'm by no means rich and I don't think you yeah. are, but I'm picking up less bar shifts because my guitar is making me, you know, more money. So hell yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing way better than I was 10 years ago when I first met you. Like you and I lived together through some of the brokest (laughs) and darkest times of my life. (laughs) I mean, it's, and it's amazing looking back. And at that time I felt like you and I, and a lot of our friends were at the beginning of like really of like a path that was going to lead to some really interesting yeah. lives. And it's cool to look back 10 years later and be like, Oh man, it's, it's only getting interesting and it's already <laughs> yeah, been amazing. Totally. It's uh, pretty cool to look back at like the, the roommates and friends we had there and to see where, you know, everyone is now that it, you could see that then I think is one of the cool things. Like yeah. I could see that in you and I could see that 
in all of our other roommates, the path that we were on and the passion that they had, it was, uh, you know, at a, at a level that you knew that they were going to get there eventually. Yeah. And we, none of us had any idea what it, what right. there was, but we were on like good paths towards mm-hmm. something. And I think we still are. And that's, that's, I mean, one of my favorite things about like catching up with you is, uh, is yeah, we both knew each other at this time when we were, you know, just these scrappy <laughs> kids, you know, and, uh, and I still feel like a scrappy kid. I just got a lot more gray hair and, a little yeah, bit more money. Same. So um it's a, I don't know it's pretty pretty cool and I will, and another thing that I kind of, you know, for any listeners um and and you know this is a big assumption but it's it's that like I I mean I see and I know a lot of unhappy people. Um and and it's and like there's and life's really 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 hard. So like there's nothing wrong with being being unhappy. Um, you know, I, I what I guess what I'm getting at is is that like if there's if you can find that thing you want to do and just put the time into it, eventually you're going to be able to spend more time yeah. doing that. Um, yeah, and I and I just I've kind of always felt that, and now I've got a little bit of proof. Um, and, and now, and like, I don't know, not that I'm, I'm trying to interview you, not, not talk about my own experience, but, but as I, you know, as my life has gotten more about the work and the work has been less about clocking in at other people's jobs or, um, you know, pouring drinks or whatever, it's been more about like me creating better art. Um, like it's. I don't know. My life has directly improved due to that. And I, I don't know. I just want to like, could you tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about what, like your transition from Salt Lake to Denver and, or, I mean, I guess I'm assuming a lot, like the audience knows what <laughs> I know of you. Like during that time when uh-huh. we lived together, you started to get some gallery shows in Salt Lake, developed a relationship with some other artists and some galleries there. What, you know, what did that look like and how did you start to grow? Um, I, well, I think I, I started to kind of at the same time, all at the same time that I moved to Salt Lake, um, which is right at this time when you and I met and, um, in high school, I high school and junior high is when I started to like be inspired by, uh, graffiti and just seeing like, um, pieces and stuff in magazines that I would like copy and started being influenced by like graffiti style, um, like letters and stuff. I had, you know, one friend in high school that I would trade graph stuff back and forth, like, um, letter styles and different stuff like that. And we were, um, had that in common and it, which wasn't very many, mm-hmm. you know, it was just me and him as far as I knew in in high school that were like into graffiti, but I wasn't actually around like being in that area, a graffiti scene, you know, or any sort of actual like graffiti. So when I moved to Salt Lake, it was immediate, like that interactive, like 
just seeing the being a part of the culture I guess there and just starting to like I was immediately like inspired at a huge level which was a big part of that time you know was that move to Salt Lake and like starting to connect with a community which was largely like graffiti for the most part initially yeah and where I was constantly being like influenced like um and so I was starting to get involved like in putting stuff in the street like putting stuff up in the streets which in the beginning was like some wheat paste while at the same time I was like you know learning to spray paint like for the most part just painting on my own um but I was also working on like canvases and larger and larger like gallery stuff that I one I pretty much just saw a gallery that I wanted to show my work in. I had no idea how you'd go about doing that or um I wasn't really connected in the art scene in Salt Lake. Um I was just doing my own thing. And this gallery was like a zero friends gallery, which was Alex Pardee, the artist, um, his project, like with another friend who ran the shop in Salt Lake city and they sold zero friends merch, which is all Alex's like shirts and prints. And then they did local mm -hmm. Salt Lake city like shows. And I, it What's was called Blonde called Grizzly. Again? Blonde yeah, Grizzly, yeah. yeah. I remember They moved spot. a couple different locations uh, downtown over a few years, but um, I went in there one day with just some sort of, like, confidence that I was going to go in there and I was going to talk to them. I was going to get a show. It was kind of what I was telling myself, even though I didn't really know how you'd go about mm -hmm. doing that. I just went in there with that attitude and showed the guy – who owned the gallery, my work, and I got a great response, which um, I'll always remember that kind of like just going for it in that little way and getting the response that I got back, um, which was he was excited, mm -hmm. he loved my stuff and, and invited me to show in July, which was like, I think a couple months from that time. And it was my first show, a group show that I was a part of. So that kicked off like, you know, uh, other group shows that I started getting involved in. And um, while I was starting to put stuff up, like in the streets. So that was the beginning of that was just walking into a gallery. And uh, I don't know if that answered your question exactly. But that was the start of my connecting in the art world or in the art community in Salt Lake City. Well, it, that's that's crazy that yeah, I I don't even remember this particularly, but I mean I remember that show uh -huh. that you had, but I, I I don't know if you ever told me about how you just went in there and were like I'm gonna get a show, and that that's it's like this this blind self confidence that like sometimes like artists aren't known for and very rarely have, but I think those there are those important moments where you're able to get that and believe in yourself in that way. And you just go yeah. for it and it pays yeah. off. Um, like move. I remember when I decided to move to New York, like running into some folks in Salt Lake 
or saying so at a show and people ask me about like what makes you think that you can like make it in new york and i was just like i i've just got this blind self-confidence right now and i feel like i gotta run with this because it's like it it comes Uh and goes you know like if i if i waited too long i never would have made the move i think that's good uh that's good like i don't know what you'd call it like being knowing yourself you know I think that's important to like you have that awareness that it's you have to act on how you're feeling now because you know it's it's not gonna you're not gonna stay there you know yeah it's fleeting and it's and I mean there's there's so much to be said about um you know being able to let the part of you like the imposter syndrome that I I feel like every artist every person has where that's just sitting there and telling you all day long that you're not good enough, or they're going to find out that you're not really that good of an artist or that that your songs are really trash or, you know, all this anxiety that's in the background and being able to, and like understanding that that's, it's like a healthy thing to have that because you don't want to be putting out trash. So having those thoughts kind of is like a checks and balance and make sure that you're like putting out your best work. But there's a time for that to take the back seat or to, you know, especially as an artist that where you're going to have to be like, I appreciate that. But like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> um, you I know, think I, it's kind of like knowing where that's coming from, too, you know, because a lot of like when you're really. It's like when you're creating artwork, you're playing music. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't have the same experience. I do play music, but I've never. I don't have the same experiences I've had with successes and challenges and stuff with that um, as I do with art and painting, but that I, in my experience, it's the same. It's like when you know you are out of the way of yourself and you're like really tapped in to that and like, you you can feel it you know it and it's like and there is a confidence that comes with that but it but it's the different confidence than when that's coming from like self-doubt and you're just trying to like kid yourself or not kid yourself but you you know it's like someone being very cocky when really it's just like a sign of weakness they're just trying to put up a a front for like not feeling weak or like the you know but when, with art, when you're being honest, and this is like most importantly with yourself, you know when you're actually like expressing that, you know, where you're tapped into that, that like, I don't know, you, you can, I, I, I there's, there's like a genuine, uh, no, you're, you're like a genuine confidence that comes with that, that isn't from ego, you know, and I think that's like, a good thing also i think that when it's true it's like you know where where it's coming from it's not um it's for the the hmm, what am i trying to say well you're not taking like like that it is you that work and but you are being that like representative of where that work is coming from like kind of like what we were talking about with the work and the fruit you know yeah, no, I I think I know like to tie that into something else also is is like the the imposter syndrome of 
It's like nobody can paint what you paint uh-huh. better than uh-huh. you. You know, like nobody can be Casey Kawaguchi better than Casey Kawaguchi. Um, and and like when that confidence comes from that place, it's it's remarkable what you're able to achieve. And that's um, for anybody, right? Or like at least for totally for anybody. And like for me, because because like I honestly don't feel like I've even started to make like like scratch the surface of, of the music I can make and the songs mm-hmm. I can create until like yeah. recently. And that, that came through, I mean, years and years, but also like two years ago, having hitting like a very, very low point of the possibly one of the lowest yeah. points of my life. And like deciding that certain parts of me at that point needed to mm-hmm. be killed off or learned how to like control um before i could ever become like the fully formed human i wanted to be and um and like those two years since have been a kind of a i wouldn't say a nightmare but it's it's been a it's been a journey it's been really fucking hard at times and it's also been amazing and um and now i'm actually creating stuff that i can have that kind of blind confidence in the actual music that i'm making whereas before it was just like every once in a while i was able to have it in myself and i didn't really feel that way about anything i was creating i just knew that i needed Mm. to be creating yeah does that make sense yeah it does it's like you you don't know exactly like um it's kind of like I don't know. I looked at it when I was in that time when we like met and stuff and what was really a fire in me then was that there was this, I had it in me that understood knowing that I could do that, you know, like, and it's been since I was a little kid, Mm -hmm. I guess. And, you know, the feeling that I was going to be better than my brother, it was like, it's the same. There's a confidence there, but it's like that confidence. If it was something that I thought I just had, would never actually be, you know, it's like, it can't, I had to have humility Mm -hmm. to order in order to actually like manifest that thing that I knew I had inside of me. But I think, and I'm still, that's a constant practice of like humility and work, you know, that you, I guess that's it. It connects with my shift in perspective on where my inspiration was because I realized that thing that I have internally that I feel that is so real and so um, deep, I guess, it's trying to be conveyed in my artwork. And that's what really is like the what's pushing me to do all of this, that there's a shift in my perspective in like that thing being um, not at all real at all, you know, as real as it is to me, that's all it will be Mm -hmm. unless you bring in the real art of the practice, the work, the dedication. And through that, you can manifest your spirit, what's in your, in your soul, you know, that you feel so deeply, but can't, it's through work and time and that much dedication that someone can look at that and then have no doubt that you feel it that deeply. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
so oh, totally. you're, you're bringing it into existence really that like that thing that you feel so deep so just through the work you're creating it and that's where success and money and all that it really does become secondary because what you are actually manifesting is like it does make all of that secondary it is secondary it's not i mean beyond that it's just a side effect of it you know that really getting to this like you know it's a i don't know i guess i go into like it's a spiritual path you know i guess and why i'm making artwork and really what it means to me and stuff but yeah that's i mean that's it's so so good because it is secondary because because like and i'm not even like a very religious person by any means but if if trying to express whatever this that you know or that water trying to reach the water or trying to drink from it isn't the point then what is yeah you know and like and create and and it doesn't need to have a point you know what i mean like meaningless can have meaning i guess um but for me it's like i don't know like a it's doing the math of 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 figuring of what's important to you and that's like a decision you know on what really is like you getting down to like what's the meaning of life you know and that's kind of where some of the magic is created in the understanding that it's like really a decision and when you decide on that wholeheartedly like what that is and live it then it's like you know it's real like giving other people that ability too and you know them seeing that example like i saw my brother and like to see to do the same thing you know yeah, it's it's the like literally the gift that keeps on giving yeah. is is art because like it inspires others. I've got my friend's band, Grandpa Jack, who play here in Brooklyn, and every single time I'm watching them play live, they're some of my best friends, but they're also one of my favorite bands. Every single time I'm watching them play live, in the middle of their set, I want to leave to go play <laughs> yeah. music. And like, and that's how I'm just like, you guys are fucking good and you need to stay together as a band. Because like, if I know anything, it's like the only thing stopping bands from like becoming big is that they break up. The only thing that's stopping artists from eventually figuring out how to make a living doing art is that they give up. destroy yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that aspect of it too, which like sometimes some people can balance the whole destructive part i had to try and i i I had to learn how to divorce myself from it entirely or at least keep trying that's also part of the practice yeah that's um yeah one of those one of those things where i think with that i mean what you're talking about with bands breaking up and artists giving up and it's like um there is a competitive when you talk about my work ethic and my practice and this is I guess giving another um, painting a bigger uh, what am I trying to say giving a better idea of where my work ethic and where that all comes from being inspired by my brother Um, like 
my dad mm. is a baseball fanatic. Like his whole life is centered around baseball and he, he played baseball growing up until uh, college getting hurt and then coaching from there on and still that's what he does. Um, and mm -hmm. my brother was his like, you know, uh, star like player, you know, like he was his coach all since my brother was a little kid. Okay. He coached him like with the idea that he was going to play in the major leagues, you know, and that was my brother's dream. And, but he was a great artist too. And so my brother yeah. kind of pursued uh, playing sports. Like after high school, he pursued playing baseball. And then, you know, like that's kind of when his art practice stopped. Um, and that was always kind of his, like, mm -hmm. his real dream was to play baseball. Um, and I, like, on the other hand, was not that into like sports at all and um just always did my own thing like i eventually got into skateboarding snowboarding and stuff where you could just push yourself but um art was always my thing but i did have that kind of like similarity to my dad i do of like there's a there's a lot of similarities with I, that I feel with how dedicated he is to baseball and what he instilled in my brother and what my brother, I, I also picked mm -hmm. up on in the level of practice that he had for baseball and for sports. And my dad has for sports at such a young age. Like it was, it's, it's not a game like with baseball, you know? And so that was instilled in me with anything I did practice, you know, through my dad like anything I did try to do you try to do it your best and you're that's the the goal you know like yeah you're not doing it just to do it you're that there's a seriousness to being to doing it well you know and getting good at it and so I think that was instilled in in me through other things but then really got focused on my art later on in life like that same kind of focus and practice on something that my dad has to baseball, I have to art. Yeah, I think that that, um, you know, same kind of level of dedication to practicing and to getting good at something and trying your, your, your hardest and like that that was instilled in me um, through my dad, through his love of sports and baseball. Um, and it came out in me later on, like that same dedication my dad has to baseball, I have to artwork and we are similar in that way. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from, you know? Okay. And, and do you think when you get ideas for a new piece or, you know, just different, different ideas, do, do you think they come from like, are they intrinsic? Like, do they come from inside? Or do you get inspired, like I do, from watching my friend's Grandpa Jack? Or is it yeah. is it both? Um, I'd say it's, it's definitely both. But, like, for the most part, it is an internal thing, I think, with my, my work. And it's sort of like a long 
digging of, into that like inspiration that that like thing I'm trying to express over just like an evolving like expression almost you know that like mm-hmm. so there's definitely I'd say external influences like over time but for the most part what this influence like the things that we're talking about about like deciding on your life uh the 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 reason for the the purpose of life um and all of that like Mm -hmm. i think that philosophy those things is ultimately somehow what i'm trying to create like and i don't know it's making more sense to me as i go but really that's the source of the inspiration and what i'm trying to create you know and i don't know if that has been through like right now i'm creating it through this interview and intentionally like we're focusing on this thing that's brought up because of my art you know so it's still kind of getting there to where the art is like a bridge for those ideas and that stuff and then a symbol for them in the end you know that i think ultimately i'm trying to represent that closer and closer like expressing that and getting that across you know like that there's something in me that that is that's my uh, uh, part of what i feel like my purpose is what you know is to get that across like in and and at the same time getting there myself like you know so as i'm practicing this and getting there i expressing that through my work and no, that's a, it's like, I, I can show you the way, but first I need to find it. Yeah. And we just all unconsciously manifest that. It's like art is just very direct and like I was saying, being like an expression of your soul, but we all are doing that. That's my feeling. Like we're all artists in that way of like, anything can be Zen, anything can be a practice where you find your center, that we're all artists in the way that if we are practicing that you are you make it your art because it becomes this thing that has that beauty, you know, it has, it represents that. Yeah. So, you know, we all, I think are like living that where we're trying to find it and at the same time are expressing it, but it's just artists. It's such a direct symbol to that, that that's why it's so influential is because it's like showing people to do the same thing that they already feeling and trying to do is like get there you know to that oh yeah totally it's like the the divine or whatever that is oh man that's uh it's that's a very very at least as far as my cursory understanding of like buddhism or, or zen is that's kind of kind of the point you know being present and being there in that yep. thing you're doing and artists are supposed to be the ones that are better at it and or you know that are able to somehow connect with with infinity and then bring out little pieces of it and it's and and it's but you're very very right about it like it's about it being something that everybody does um it's uh it's i love that that idea it's like the way 
it could it can be in the way you swing a hammer yep. or sweep a floor um or the the way you um you know teach teach a, a math class um it's it's like have you ever there's a book that i've i really enjoy called the uh, zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and that's kind of like the the i mean the whole yeah, point yeah. <laughs> is is qual- quality like and bringing everything or the way you you do everything is bringing like yeah. quality into it so it's it's really interesting yeah i think that you know anything can be that that practice with that in mind you know it's just somehow and i think with me it it becomes a very like direct in in what we're talking about in the creation and like the tech in the process of creating art is is like mm-hmm. um like the the being present and that being the goal with spray paint or anything trying to like pull a line in that is like it's it's like it puts you in the present moment you know and that's my yeah. like my practice is is like that simple thing that's like a big part of it for me is is it's like that expressed in a lot of different ways but that that obsession with like trying to hit that center you know and it and i found it in spray paint and in painting and in trying to perfect like pulling a line and hitting a mark and that it that's why it's like putting me in that moment that's a very uh it's an infinite practice you know yeah one i it's man it's really interesting to talk to you about all this now knowing you for how long i have and just watching watching your your like not just your abilities but your your art grow um you know, and, and like to scale, like, cause now you're doing these huge walls, very, very big murals. And it's, it's, I know like, that's like 10 years ago, that's what you talked about wanting to do. And now you're yeah. doing it. And, um, can you talk to me a little bit about like the, you know, the first one you did or, or like, you know, the first, or, or maybe just a, a certain project that was very much like, cause it sounds like a lot of what you do is like, you're just, you're like, on a painting marathon for two straight days and then boom, it's right. like, and that's all the time you got. And I, I, what's it, what's it like? Or do you have a specific one you want to talk about? That- um, yeah, I'd say like, well, I can't, I can't remember if we're talking about my first like walls and stuff, but I do remember some specific ones that were like the beginning of of that becoming more of my practice or like, you know, or um, starting that path. And it was like a little, uh, I was painting a lot of stuff, you know, just on like, I had the spot in the backyard that I would paint larger stuff and practice. And, um, but I painted inside a spot called the pickle factory no 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 I'm sorry it wasn't called the pickle factory that was the other spot owned by the same family but the it was a second little spot they opened called the salt house 
Okay, yeah. And it was like no, a hip hop spot. They did like, you know, hip hop shows there and battles and stuff. And so there was a lot of the graffiti writers and stuff were like, came to paint and got connected in there. And I got asked to paint there, or got invited and, and then went down and painted that wall. And that was like, you know, one of my, in my memory, like one of my first walls and especially where I was painting with like people in the community, you know, even though I knew a lot of people at that point in the community, I still, I feel like that was one of the, like a pretty significant one. That was in 2000, like either 2011 or 2012. But that sounds about right. In, at least as far as my recollection. Yeah. And that road for like the whole time that, you know, place was going and they did a lot of like hip hop shows there and but um, yeah, on the other part of the question, I think that's become more my, um, I mean, some, a lot of times I force, that's my, my choice to have sessions where I'm like painting all through the night and then like keep going and just put paint through the day. And then like, I, I pushed that to see how far um, I could do it not just off of like choice of trying I mean partially off of just wanting to test my own endurance and my own ability but also kind of being put in that position because of like timing for the location for if it's a business and they have only so much time to be closed or you know mm -hmm. a deadline for when a new building is going to open or something you start getting into like at the bigger jobs you start getting into those things almost all the time like they have a specific amount of time that you can like either have the lift have the you know sidewalk shut down road shut down or like you know other construction is scheduled to have to happen and you're you're scheduled in there just like you know mm -hmm. another like the electricians or and you have to kind of work under different constrictions with time um yeah that becomes more and more like a part of the job you know a part of like your challenges with doing these big paintings um oh and like what is that look like do you, do you do people like approach you and they're like hey we want you to paint a wall or you and then you kind of pitch it an idea to them or they're just like hey paint a wall and then you just do it um there's all kinds of different situations of like how they come about the more like mm -hmm. significant the wall or project like if it's in a brand new building um or something like that normally you'll get reached out to approached by whoever is, you know, curating that, that project or whatever. And if it's at that level, normally that's the situation is you'll get, you're like approached. Um, sometimes you'll have a situation where it's like, you know, that that's like ideal because then obviously they just want your work, you know, and it's not like it's a competition or something and normally that's not the case um, for that kind of a situation sometimes for bigger jobs 
they, they will have some sort of a jury kind of a situation or a panel that is deciding on the artwork, which is gets, I haven't had a lot of experience doing that kind of a thing, but my, the little bit of experience I have had is pretty frustrating just because, you know, there is, they should at a big, you'd think at a big level or a, that big of a job know what they're wanting. And so make it easy for everyone. And you know what I mean? Go after that artist or whatever. Oh, and totally. Make it a set up like a letdown for multiple artists to, you know, but, um, yeah, there's all kinds of different situations. And you can have ones where painting bigger walls, you end up getting into like relationships with people that either have a lot of money or not to say I, you know, am real connected with like a lot of people with a lot of money, but art is a weird thing like that. And like, especially painting on walls, that becomes, there's like weird circles that you can tap, like become connected to because it's at that level of like um you know money a lot of times with if depending on where it is and who's after the artwork you know who's trying to commission artwork so yeah so you end up um in different situations where depending on how i guess someone views your art or how much they like your art they you can end up in some really cool situations where you're getting paid a lot of money for, you know, where your art is just really appreciated and what you do is really appreciated. And um, yeah, it's all, all different kinds of situations uh, with pay and with. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I mean, that sounds like what's really interesting is how big, like really how big could the like graffiti mural world be? I mean, I know not to say that there's not a ton of people doing graffiti or, but like once you get to like a certain scale, there's, it's gotta be like less than 200 artists doing that on the planet. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'd be, I'd be surprised, you know, like if there was to know like actual numbers of like working muralists or like people painting large scale, but there's definitely, you know, at a certain point becoming like, connected into um or like making building relationships with other artists that have been painting for a long time have been traveling and working for a long time and so there is like a 200 is like a ridiculous number yeah yeah. you know what i mean like that that network could only be so big and i think you know the higher you go the smaller it gets in people being um you know, connected to like funding in that city for art, for public art, or, you know, it's like those, those circles get smaller and smaller. I think as it, as it goes, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the times it's, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that you know Banksy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying. No, no yeah, kidding. I think um, it's interesting, <laughs> um, though, like painting out here in like Crush, I, that was like, which is Crush Walls, like out here in Denver, and it's been huge in my own like uh, development in my career, you know, um, 
Mm-hmm. That is one of the cooler things and one of the kind of dreams coming true things is like really building relationships with people that you are inspired by at that level, like that have led me to be doing what I'm doing yeah. to actually like get to know some of those artists and like be seen as a peer in any way is like the most valuable part of like all of this to me is like the coolest thing of like all of it those things like actually happening you know which isn't like you know is yeah uh which is always like I, I, I should say that the first times those things happened is still I will always be, I think, some of the biggest like experiences in my so so far anyway in my life, you know. Do you, do you have like a specific story of like a certain person? I know when I was when I saw you in Denver last, you were showing me um a piece that was I thought was great, but I, it was a guy that you really looked up to and. Um, the the owner of the building wasn't stoked on it or something. Uh, um, I don't know. Do you, or do you have a specific story about like where someone that you really looked up to was like, like made you feel like you're like, oh, I'm actually one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, like I'd say right away when I when I came out here the first time I came to like crush first crush walls that I came to, which was 2015, that um, Mm -hmm. I was talking to an artist that goes by Ease, who was like an artist I really looked up to. He um, had been collaborating with a a female artist who does portraits and their style together was like amazing and super inspiring to me. And I somehow just, we started a friendship over Instagram and we're fans of each other's work. And then I came out here and cool. he was going to be painting in crush in 2015. And so I just came up to his wall. We um, like made plans to meet or talked about meeting and I came up to his wall and he was like super cool. Like, you know, just treated me like a friend. And then looking at his wall i i was like that's like right up my alley it was like buffed black and then all just different he does these really crazy letter styles that are like real sharp jagged looking like letters and um the whole thing was just covered in his like hand style and his letters of different like grays and white with some red in there and it was like 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 he was prepping it for me, you know, kind of like it was right up my alley, the style and the colors or the colors that he was using. And so we met that day. And then later on that night, he sent me a text, we exchanged numbers and he sent me a text asking if I wanted to get down on the wall, like the next day on his wall for crush. And so he invited me to like, then it hit me. I was like, he is prepping it for me. He's like, he had this in mind to like, hit me up about collaborating with him and so then i was like hell yeah i'm down jumped on the oh, wall with wow. him the next day it was our first collaboration my first time painting in crush and then that became like he was like you know my partner for crush painting we collaborated until uh 2019 was the first year we didn't paint together 
but that started it all like just that first meeting him in person and then him inviting me onto his wall yeah and that right there was you know still is one of the biggest like biggest things for me was that realization that he was trying to paint with me and inviting me to paint and then you know it was almost like just off of how stoked I was off of that as like I brought that every year painting with him you know yeah like um oh man that's amazing that's <laughs> that's such a cool moment and had to have been like for that the uh the imposter syndrome must have been at an all-time low when you're when this dude was like hey you want to hit this wall and i mean that was the thing was that wasn't the only one like that was the biggest thing that happened that you know when i was there but meeting other artists too that i really looked up to and admired and then the way that you know just realizing that those artists were like down to earth like super down to earth people that like i vibed with you know like we got we would connect yeah. and it was like a realization that they're on this path too. They're, you know, it's like, that's why we connect like this and having those kinds of connections with artists that I like really look up to, it just magnified the inspiration that they already had on me, you know? Yeah. That ties me back to like a memory I have of, Oh man, that blue house we lived in. And at some point um, there was like a couple of travelers that were going to stay in that hostel right next Uh door and they were stuck, but they were like stuck outside or locked out and like they needed. um, So I gave them like trash bags to wear as ponchos, you know, and was like, I'm on my way to work. But you know, the dude like handed me some, some weed and then you and I smoked it that night and like, I can't remember. And like, we had a conversation about, about that, like kind of the whole traveling mentality. Like when, when you're, you got to take care of people that are traveling because, because like that way, when you're traveling, you need to be taken care of or, yeah. you know, how, how like the universe kind of pays back the risk taker. Uh-huh. I remember having a conversation like that, like about that with you, like it, how it, I don't know. And and then it's like very similar in the art world or, or music world or what just yep. in the world, like you take those risks in the universe or people recognize that in you and that hunger and they, and they show up and help you out. Totally. Like, yeah. I, I had yeah. a, like a friend early on in high school that was like really influential on me. That was like just in the, community there and in my high school he was like still one of the most unique dudes I've ever met and like was just focused on like very aware of of like political issues like he was like a big influence on me just because he was very like he was a punk like skateboarder kid but was very like I don't know I don't know how to describe him but he was very like uh, oh, I don't even know how to describe him. He's very aware of like, um, yeah, it's hard to describe, but he inspired me by like being very, um, creative, but also like 
he was a yeah just a punk kid that lived a totally different lifestyle than anything i had seen like that i grew up with you know but was like he was like a I'm having such a hard time describing this dude. Anyway, the point is with this guy, he kind of uh, inspired me in that way too. He would like ride his bike um, to later on after high school to San Francisco to the coast and back with his girlfriend, like, and just with no money and like um, sleep on the beach, sleep, and and he just like he didn't it was all without money like that was his whole his whole lifestyle was just like an anarchist kind of like punk lifestyle where yeah just like a crust punk yeah man but but like the most loving dude still like that i knew in high school and like just the coolest coolest dude and he had i remember a, a zine that he created on one of his trips that went to the coast and back he would document and like take pictures write poetry and and then he would make a zine out of the trip when he came back and just give that out to friends and stuff and one of the lines in his zine it said uh life serves the risk taker and that line like he that's how he was inspiring me at that time and and has always been like a big inspiration for me and that line specifically just stuck with me like you know? oh, man, and i always so felt good. that way like that you follow your heart and you it's like life responds to that you know it's like cheers you on kind of and backs you up and like that's what i've at least felt is like and when i came out here and started having these experiences is a lot of that feeling like it was you know a lot of that falling into place it was like taking the leap and you know being caught kind of like but you have to like just go for it you know yeah it's it's got to be a a, a full-on leap of yeah. faith i feel like but i mean that that's such a great a great line especially for i don't know to hear as as a young young person who's you know kind of figuring out what they're doing is like life serves the risk taker it's uh um you know i think for our parents it was all about like having the the same job like consistency and there's like there was some real value in that and what's happened you know in the past since we became adults is that's not really the case. Like even people with real jobs need to change jobs every few years so they can negotiate a raise. Cause like their job's not going to yeah. make them one. Not um, as secure as you think it's. And so no. And, and it's, and not to be cliche, but cliches exist for a reason. Like your, your job would replace you within a week or two when you, if you yeah. don't, you know, so so like, man, uh, just the idea of spending forty hours a week or more doing something that wasn't like serving or like wasn't serving my purpose would be—I don't think I'd be yeah. able to do it. 
Yeah, yeah me either. I think that's, you know, bas- that's basically what I was trying to do without, you know, like in, until inevitably I realized I couldn't do that anymore. You know, I couldn't like continue to do something that wasn't serving my like my dreams, you know, or like uh, trying to, um, yeah, live my purpose, I guess. Totally. Well, and like, and I've, and not to, in like, and that's no, in no way like talking down on people that, that aren't, that are like, I, I have a lot of privilege that allows me to have pursued yeah. this life. Um, but also I've, I spent a lot of time, broke as fuck eating like ramen you know like and 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 like yeah and so i mean it's not it's not the easy road by any means but those those risks eventually pay off in droves and i don't know and for me i look back and i'm just like i can't i can't picture me doing anything else besides what i'm doing yeah. right now or like do you have any idea of anything else you No, unless it was like another creative pursuit that developed from my art you know or maybe not even developed mm. from it but another creative pursuit and i don't know what that would even be that i could that i would want to you know like be doing to the extent that i'm doing artwork painting but um yeah i mean something other like of a creative pursuit i could maybe see myself doing but in the way we're talking no like another like a a job that wasn't something artistic or creative or connected to my my art and painting i can't imagine doing or at least being happy doing it yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's a good reason to pursue it is you're like well nothing else is gonna be as enjoyable so i might as well just do that or maybe not as enjoyable, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like when I when I when I was working before I jumped into doing art full time, the last jobs that I had was like delivering, uh, driving around in a box truck delivering like auto parts and engines. And but while I was doing that, I was able to like be super connected to any like graffiti you know, that was up in Salt Lake all the time because I was always just driving all around the city. And so I was like, oh, yeah, just loved it for that reason. It's like I was out all day, like, and had my eyes on everything, you know. So I was just constantly being inspired by, like, you know, spots and what was popping up and and different tags. and Yeah, I'm just being because I remember riding around with you and and you like pointing out things that I was just like, I didn't like, I knew that was there, but I didn't even look at it. And that's like, I was just constantly scanning all of like every, whatever spot you could see from the freeway. And, you know, it's, it's so funny. Cause it's like, I I remember, um, uh, when I used to skateboard a lot, when skateboarding was the only thing I thought about for like two years in uh-huh. like junior high school, maybe three years, but it was like really the only thing I thought about. And everything was a skate spot. Everything I saw on TV out the window while my parents were driving, like 
anything was just like, what would I do in that spot yeah. with my skateboard? And like, that's how you saw, like you see a city when it comes to like, yeah, me. pretty much. I mean, it's, and I used to skate too. So I had that first, you know, like before the painting part, like, yeah, I definitely had that with skating too. So yeah, it's the same, same thing where you're just like seeing it in a completely different way of what the possibilities are. <laughs> we should be wrapping up soon, but something I like to talk about a lot um, with just like my other creative friends is how like 15 year old me, if they, I always, I like to think about like when I'm really down or, or when I'm like frustrated by the music yeah. thing or whatever is like, what would 15 year old me think about the life I'm living? And like 15 year old me would be very disappointed that I'm not a pro skateboarder, but would also be pretty fucking stoked. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know, is that, is that something that you ever think about is like what the younger version of you would, would think about what you're doing? Um, I think I do like just, I mean, during this conversation, it made me kind of think about what, you know, it puts me back into when we met in that time and like the, a lot of what I'm doing now was my dream then, you know, like it, it was like yeah painting like at the scale i'm painting now is a big part of it and those things but when i was like yeah 15 i mean i i remember right in maybe i was a sophomore i had a class where we wrote down mm -hmm. like a, a it was a letter to ourselves. I can't remember how far in the future it was a letter to ourselves and what we would be doing and, you know, what we hope we'll be doing. And I remember writing in there that I wanted to open up some sort of a shop that like was like a, a skate shop and being able to have that like uh -huh. community with like my friends and stuff and being able to skate like around. That was the, the only thing I could, the extent of my imagining uh, <laughs> how I was going to make money with anything creative. Like, I just didn't really like plan, like, yeah. you know, my, my path. I just, I figured it out as I went, I guess. And that's been the yeah. same thing with my art, which is kind of through a lot of hardships led, kept me from, allowed me to find that, I think, you know, to figure that out. Be, but, um, I, with that in mind, like thinking of my letter back then, like of owning a skate shop and I think it'd be a lot, really, honestly, if I think about it, I think what I'm doing now, what I, at that time then, I think it was a dream, like, well, it was like being an artist, you know, that's always been the deep dream but almost to the extent that i thought it was always going to be something that i just kept myself it was that personal it was that like special to me i never i didn't want to almost put it out in the world to have it anyone else to judge it because it was always going to be that close to me you know but yeah so i that's why i never entertained the idea of like a career in my how I would make money with my artwork because I always thought it would just be the deepest like part of myself almost. 
but then you know through yeah. not finding other what else i was going to do with my life to make money eventually realizing this all has to be like one like my my art and my passion has to become my livelihood and my my way of making money i have to figure it out you know like i have no other choice like so basically with that in mind really my 15 year old self i think would be com completely stoked like looking at my life now and like hopefully proud of myself like because i don't know that i at that time i think it's a dream but not one that i really there was i was too afraid at that time of really dreaming it you know like really it's like the goal that you're afraid to say out loud because you're like oh man i don't want anyone to yep. judge me for this even myself you know like yeah and it's so it's it's really cool that to know to hear that and like know where you are now oh cool thanks man you know does that, does yeah. that make sense like it's like i'm proud of you and that 15 year old huh. kid and everything in between because yeah you know what i mean because it's like i mean it's all part of the journey so and it's just cool to hear that you're here and like one of the last things i'll ask is uh like do you have any advice for that kid yeah i would say mm, that's a tough one but i'd say just like follow your heart really is like the thing you know because that's the one thing that hasn't changed that's the thing that just has only grown to lead me to where i am now you know is like really yeah. not being afraid to do that it's like don't be afraid to really follow your heart you know because that's what i inevitably inevitably had to do that's the path you know and it's just figuring out getting yourself out of the way to really just full-on do that totally. and that's i think what we're all like meant to do you know and that's the journey is like getting ourselves out of the way to just fully be ourselves totally and that's that's what's going to be the most useful and uh, the most appreciated in the long run is like you try you finding a way to be the most genuine you yeah you can absolutely man this has been like a really great talk and i oh man i'm i'm just so stoked to catch up with you because you're like one of my favorite people ever and i'm so glad dude you're thank well. you and i want to say you're you are as well, man. I feel the same. And like I told you when you hit me up about this, like I have a hundred percent faith this is gonna be like super successful. And whether that's you, like I I I know there's few people that I could have this kind of conversation with, like for real. And and have this kind of conversation oh, come out and that's why it's because of you, like, that I can even get into this like level of conversation oh man yeah hey, dude no that's you. the truth and i think that's why i was so stoked with like the idea as soon as the idea hit me of like you doing a podcast there's something in there for real that just is like whoa that's gonna work like because of your personality and how 
not only comfortable you already are with audio and recording and but just your personality anyway i think is just going to come across great it does and audio your personality so for anyone listening i think you can like hopefully you know like this conversation bring out all of that with the comfort with the people you have on to your show and the people that are listening the show to the show i think are just gonna like connect with you and like so um that's that's really with that in mind is why i did this like not only because i just love you as a friend but i i have 100 percent faith it's going to be like a big thing for you it's successful so i'm stoked dude i'm stoked to be like involved right from the get-go well th- dude thanks for get- coming on and uh it's i can't wait to hang out again or just talk again if you ever want to come on the podcast please okay sounds good dude so you want to tell everyone where they where they can find you or or um you know the best way to see um yeah most of my stuff is easiest to find on instagram and that's under at casey kawaguchi and that's c-a-s-e-y-k-a-w-a-g-u-c-h-i and that's like facebook too you can find my stuff there but instagram i pretty much post all of my stuff major stuff to there and yeah like different links through there that i'll post to find my stuff i don't have a website that has a shop um kind of slacking on that always have been but yeah i do have prints and stuff out there you can pretty much find it through my instagram though yeah check out his instagram or hit me up and i'll i'll be sure to get whatever you need to casey unless it's your underwear don't send your underwear to casey yes please (laughs) okay well dude it's been great talking to you and i'm gonna let you go uh thanks so much for for doing this dude yeah same man it was fun thanks for having me on